Yeah, Rap Radar Podcast, Elliot Wilson. B-Dot. B-Dot, what's up, baby? It's good time. We got a baby in the building. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when? <laughs> Black, what's going on, sir? What's good? How you? And that's your lovely daughter, of course? Yes, six. Six? Yeah. Six goddess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know why she's here, man. Because uh, you guys have the rap R&B album of the year so yeah, far. And we want to talk about that cover in particular, man. You guys are on the cover together, man. Yep. Yeah, I was about to say, she might... She might say something like throughout this. <laughs> she might not make it through the whole thing. We're gonna see. We'll figure it out. Word well, up. talk about that album cover. I, when I first saw mm-hmm. it, I was like, wow, like it was just it's powerful on so many different levels. Like, yeah. how did you come up with that idea though? Uh the cover was just like a random Father's Day shoot. Mm. Just walking around um this house in LA. They were just taking pictures. So we weren't really shooting for the album. Mm. We were just taking pictures. And when it came time to figure out the album cover, we're just kinda going through like options that we already had and it was like, wait a minute. That's the one right there. Like nothing is gonna be doper than that picture right there. So, so that's really like you making breakfast, making songs. And that is now more so of a depiction of like since I've been gone, I barely get those moments with her. Mm-hmm. So like moments like those where I do get that second to like have her on me and like move around, make music, make breakfast, like whatever it may be. Like that's what I wish I could do every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, is be like well, it looked like a house dad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had to run it by mom first? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> now about to say, yeah, they they do a ton of photo shoots. So, okay. Yeah. That's crazy. No, but congrats on the album again, man. Thank I mean, you. like you, I think you said something about the sophomore albums. You know, you, you looked at it from an analytical standpoint. You said sometimes people get either too confident or lack confidence, yeah. right? Yeah, and I think um as long as you like avoid those two things, like you don't get your head too far ahead of, you know, what's going on because you might have had like a hit single or you know, you might be uh, being championed by everybody else or as long as you don't feel the pressure of what do I have to do next? Do I have to change? Do I have to impress, you know, this person, that person? Like, I kind of stayed in the state of I just want to make music. I want to make what feels natural. I want to show progression and, like, the rest is, you know, it'll figure itself out. Why was it important to, like, you know, have these female female voices kind of narrate the album? Because as I'm listening, you have Tiara Wack mm-hmm. on, you know, Let Her Go, Sorry, Light yeah. Skin Keisha. Yep. Even your daughter's mom on Seasons. No, now that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that got on the internet, but um, that the last one is actually Mariba. Okay. She's uh, signed Interscope too. Oh, okay. Uh, name used to be Marion Mariba, but now it's just Mariba. But um, yeah, as far as the skits go, one, I didn't have any female features, as you can see. Mm-hmm. So for me, the main thing was like figuring out how to keep that strong female presence. And as I'm like navigating through like all these perspectives and like all these different um, emotions that I'm running through, I wanted to make sure that I offered like an opposite, you know, side of it or, you know, what the rebuttal might be. So mm-hmm. wanted to like kind of infiltrate that and like put that in certain uh, parts and just keep the storyline going. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And when what, did you start nailing into that concept that you was going to make this sort of album that you said really tackles love and the complexity of it and the language of love? Like, yeah. Cause I saw like you know end of the year you would make saying you had a hundred songs and mm. you know you obviously been working like when did it click that you sort of just shake take form of what the concept was gonna be? Um, soon as we finished the last project, I was probably thinking. Well, we were trying to figure out what the theme was gonna be for the next project, and I was telling them like, bro, the last project was everything I went through up until that point. I'm going through so much, you know, right now that I'm just like, it's nothing else that I can talk about. There's nothing else I want to talk about. Like yeah. in two years, my life went from one side of the spectrum all the way to the other side. Right. So, and with that, obviously with uh, success, fame, money, like comes new problems, you know, new things you got to figure out. Uh, and yeah, that was pretty much it. I was just trying to presently capture what I was going through. Didn't want to like think too far try to figure out anything you know too left field or creative or like just like talk about what you're going through people want to hear it they only ever got 11 songs from you so mm-hmm. that you know they aren't tired of you just right. extend the story you talk about new problems man i was listening to loaded gun you talk about how more money more problems mm-hmm. and like you know people coming up to you asking for things yeah. and things like have the ask increased since the last hour yeah, for sure <laughs> and for sure i think like the perception of of success is is a thing for everybody back home and you know the people that you kind of grew up with and came up with whether it be family friends like they don't really understand that just because you know i quote unquote made it that money isn't like forever you know like it isn't endless you know i haven't made it to the point where i can like kick back and be like all right you know you taking care of you taking care of you taking care of like now we good mm-hmm. like, i'm still working you know to make sure that once i get to that point then i can you know make sure mom's straight make sure you know that the team is straight make sure everybody else is straight so yeah 
the the requests they increase cash app i about to say yeah yeah cash app is like my my worst enemy right now <laughs> it's so easy to give me money black it's, come yeah, on your cousin I'm about man. To say, yeah, back when it was western union and you know stuff like that i could be like you know give me a couple days or right. it's gonna take a minute cash app is like nah i need it like before five o'clock or i'm getting you need some fans on cash app though i thought to go yeah. to one of your listings yeah or yeah right? see stuff like that is rare like they don't i mean well, now they now that I did that, my DM is full of like, <laughs> yo, can you send me $400 for blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, that was some fans coming from Florida. They were trying to get to the drive-thru. Yeah, the so drive like, yeah, 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 the drive-in. Um, they were just like, yeah, we want to come up there. We don't have no gas money. I just so happened to see it. I was like, cool, uh, just send me a cash app. So yeah. was it hard to say no, though? Um, To family and friends. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I have business managers, so his biggest thing is like budgeting that and making sure like, Okay, you know, clearly you got to take care of your people, but, you know, don't ever get into a habit that you can't, like, keep up with or don't ever, you know, do something that is just going to, like, not benefit you in the long run. So his job is to make sure I don't go broke, <laughs> and my job is, you know, to make sure everybody's comfortable in some kind of way. Speaking of your team, I feel like as much as praise has been with the album, it's also been praise around the whole rollout of the album, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the execution of it. Like you mentioned, you debuted at this driving in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, talk about some of these ideas and how did this all take form to just make sure this is presented the right way? Rollouts are a lost cause, <laughs> especially with like new artists. I think we kind of put our projects together, throw them out, you know, whatever happens, happens. Or like surprise drops are the new rollout. So yeah, it's just yeah. like, you know, they they kind of bank on impulse to, to make the music splash. And for us, when I introduced myself to the world, it was like a photo shoot and it was a hairstyle and it was a color theme and it <laughs> was bear. you know like and a bear it was like all these things to where yeah. people like had to pay attention to something other than you know the music so with this rollout we were like how can we make it atlanta but make it you know for everybody the drive-in is a place that everybody in atlanta has been to if you were on my side of town like people got in the trunk to sneak into the drive-in <laughs> you know so that was uh, one of the places we did Magic City in L.A. Yeah, you brought Magic that, City yeah. to L.A., oh, man. Good. <laughs> talk about franchise. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. They... Six might have to step out for this, man. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> I was about to say, in L.A., they never seen anything like that, ever, <laughs> right. ever, ever. So, yeah, uh, Magic City was really dope. But back to the driving, you was having so much fun. You ended up like jumping in people's cars and stuff. Yeah, so they like listen to the they listen to the album vibing out. I'm like walking through um, the grass, like hopping in random cars. People turning around, like who in my car? And then they look and they like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, just keep listening, keep listening. I'm in the back seat, vibing, chilling, um, kicking it in trunks. I'm like, just walking around yeah. because at the end of the day, like, what I wanted to to instill in Atlanta, especially since most of them saw my come up was yeah, I'm still a regular person mm -hmm. and I always want to be a regular person and anything I do you know anything I can do to make sure you guys know that like that's what I'm going to do so. yeah I see that yeah. last time on social media there'll be someone like I went to third grade with black yeah. and yeah. did a freestyle yeah. in the class you know what I'm saying I like, know you from where elementary school yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got like super just extensive ties in Atlanta I moved yeah. around so much and like was in so many different neighborhoods and classes and schools like so when I did my tabernacle show in Atlanta mm. when I was performing it's it wasn't like venue. yeah it wasn't like I was looking at you know fans I was performing and I'm looking at fans here and there but I'm also looking at third grade mm. elementary school high school college neighborhood mm. like Everywhere I looked, I saw a face, you know, that was familiar. Did you and JID come up together? Because I, I saw a tweet that he said that you guys performed at some university. It was mm -hmm. like 13 people yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, me and, me and I was sleeping on their couch, like, before everything kicked off. All the Earth Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, couch surfing everywhere. Yeah. But that was, like, one of the last couches that I got to before, you know, everybody ended up doing their thing. So I would be at Jay's crib, and he would have his mic set up with his iMac. We would record, record, record. We probably made, like, two, three mixtapes worth of music. Yeah. And um, I ended up doing my thing. He ended up doing his thing. We both ended up at Interscope. <laughs> and it's crazy how it worked out. All right. That's crazy. Now, I'd say even out of that, you met Mac Miller during that time, right? Yeah. I saw, like, yep. you expressed how much you was, you know, we all hurt by his loss, but uh, you, you definitely got to spend some time with him in those early days. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mac, I, I actually met for the first time uh, just in person when I was at Coachella. Mm. This was the year before I performed. So I was just, you know, in a... As a, as a fan, I went, uh, show face, promote, all that. But maybe 2010 is when Mac, like, first said something to me. And that was when I was, like, in my dorm trying to figure out, you know, what was next. Like, am I dropping out? Am I wasting my time? Like, what am I doing here? And that's when he gave me, you know, some words of advice. Just, like, nothing's ever a setback. You know, everything you're going through, everything you're doing is just something, you know, more to write about, more to talk about later. So. Mm. 
Speaking of Coachella, you mentioned that Jay-Z and Beyonce caught your set this year. Yeah. And they waited for I'm you. I'm glad they saw the second weekend. <laughs> first weekend, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Like, really? Like the, what? Like from what? the minute we pressed play, like the thing that counts me down to be on beat mm. didn't come on. Oh, wow. So piano comes in, no drums, and I'm just like, where am I supposed to be right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to, like, I ran through the whole entire set like that. So I'm, like, powering through, like, um, one song, if you ever look at the footage, I actually was, like, cut it because mm-hmm. I, like second verse dropped in i was a little bit off beat and i'm like y'all not about to make me look like this out here so mm-hmm. cut that one went to the next song but everything that could have went wrong went wrong mm-hmm. second weekend we came back everything was perfect got off stage they're like yo j and b by the time they said j and b i was like already yeah. in motion <laughs> i was like running backstage um they were chilling on the cart and yeah that was pretty much it did you say you did your thing or did you yeah i mean you know fan of the music uh amazing show and somebody uh one of my guys was actually like re- recording capturing the moment yeah and in that moment you see jay like wave his hand like no cameras yeah that's important we got the footage though you got the footage <laughs> that was a great shot, a great shot. <laughs> yeah but you also pay homage to me even having future like how trippy is it to like you know to have future be on the title track of this record mm-hmm. one of your biggest records taking yeah. like one of his mixtape records and flipping yeah. it and here you get to really collaborate with him it was i'm pretty sure surprising for the city mm-hmm. uh surprising for a lot of people because being in the internet era like once i flipped his song you know it was uh, it was a halfway between i love the new version and yeah nah this is future song <laughs> so um most people didn't even know what our relationship was yeah. but i had seen him in passing maybe about twice before we uh did that song uh, east Atlanta love letter and by the time I sent the idea, it was like excitement about just being a part of it. You know, it wasn't, it was no business talks to be had. It was no like figuring out anything. It was, he loves it. He wants to do it. And it was done ASAP. Was it a strategic move this time around to have features on the album? Cause like the first album was kind of mainly you. You had oh, T-Pain. Six, I want to leave. <laughs> six hates this interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But was it the idea to have more features and more collaborations this time around? Um, yeah, the the first one was me all by myself. Yeah. And it, it wasn't because I didn't want to work with anybody, but just more so I just wanted to show I could stand on my own, mm-hmm. do my own hooks, cut my own records. Uh, you, you about to cry? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Here. Hold on. <laughs> Six knows what time it is. There you go. Uh-oh. Give it a bank card already? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to to just like invite different fan bases into my world. Mm-hmm. And uh, through Cole, through Future, through Khalid, through Offset, like we got to put a template down for for them to do something or say something they might not have done or said on their songs or their album. Yeah. The Pretty Little Fair seems to be a big fan favorite right now. Man. Yeah, for sure. You uh, shook up with Cole through Jid? Yep, oh, Jid okay. uh, just kept saying like, yo, Cole's a fan, he wants to meet. And eventually, I ended up pulling up to the studio. We sat down. Cole's, you know, super chill, basketball shorts, t shirt. <laughs> uh, I played him everything I had, all my rough drafts. Mm. And he was like, that's the one I want to work on. And this was like before me even saying, like, I want, you know, I want, can I get a feature type thing? Yeah, it was right, just right. like, he was like, I like that one. Like, let me work on that. Send me that. Right. So were you surprised how he tackled this? Kind of like more of a darker tone? A it was, bit, it was so? perfect. Like, I feel like I set it up in, in a way where all he had to do was just like finish it. I know. When people uh, get heavyweight features, the the big question or the big like debate is like, oh, he killed your yeah. song. Did he like, yeah, your yeah, song? Like, did he he take your song, song from yeah. you? I'm like, no, like I did exactly what I was supposed to do. <laughs> and you know, Cole came through with like a 32. I don't even know how long the it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of pause there. But I mean, I can't speak for Cole, but to me, that was a letter to his wife. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't know personally who he was writing to, but that's what I took it as. Yeah. And I'm like. The fact that he had the space to to do something that he might not have done on his album yeah. is like perfect, bro. Take it away, go. Yeah. Right. My favorite joint on there is scripture. Mm. Like I felt like you really went out there, got your shit off on that particular record. Yeah. Was that was the, was that the mission? Yeah, scripture records like scripture, nonchalant, mm. uh, loaded gun. Like those are moments where I do get to like stick my chest out a little bit because so on that battle rap. Yeah, pass. yeah. I'm about to say <laughs> most of the time it's a super humble or super R and B or super like. Just, just passive, and those are moments where I get to like talk my, you know, just talk, tell my story, uh, kind of like never know on the first album, um, 
I think scripture was like a 2.0 I never know. So you really wrote that in a hotel the size of a closet? In Montreal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I we saw had, you, you had put that up on IG. I didn't notice it, so yeah. I looked back to your feed. Oh, like, yeah? The day you had did it or so, around yeah, the time we, you put it up. I was in Montreal, and they like made a mistake and booked a bad hotel, like a horrible <laughs> one. Like, the bed was, the bed <laughs> was touching the, the desk. Like, the, desk the, the back of the, uh, the chair for the desk was touching the bed. The, the nightstand was right next to the bed. It was like literally a square. That's like an apartment in Brooklyn. It was super small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can like switch you out. We can get you another. I'm like, just like set up the, the studio equipment. Let me just figure this out. So, right. Yeah. For so. that one particular line, you said, don't compare me to no nigga that I'm better than. Mm. It seems like as if you yeah. always get those chips off your shoulder. Like. Yeah. I think um, when you're a new act. Clap it up, six. <laughs> when you're a new act, uh, the first thing people do to to process who you are, what you do, is like compare to you. you know, compare yeah, you. compare you to somebody else. So it's like, yeah, I like him. He sound like so and so mixed with so and so and so and so. And it's just like, maybe if you got to combine all those people, then I sound like myself. You know, it's just like, so um, yeah. Coming up, you you get comparisons. You get like, oh, he sound like this, or he reminds me of that. But at the end of the day, like, I don't do what they do, and they can't do what I do. Mm. Yeah. Do you hate that people try to lump you in with that and try to dock everything's like, well, it's dark and it's um, it's synths and yeah. it's a certain sound. And yeah, but I mean, I just I just know what I do. Yeah, I like I'm super confident in what I do and knowing that like I'm not here to duplicate anybody else and that nobody can duplicate you know me and and what I went through as far as battle rap as far as rapping writing songs like I have a particular style and my fans know my voice the minute yeah. they hear me. All right. You talk about how meticulous you are with your music. You said something about you spent twelve hours on two bars. Like, yeah. you, you know, what song on that album was that? Do you remember? Mm, I mean, sometimes it takes like it. It can get really, really vigorous. Like when I'm in the studio, I'm in the studio by myself. I usually like kick my engineer and producer out, mm. and I'm like tracking by myself at the uh, at the boards. And sometimes it's quick, but other times I'll be in the studio for like the entire night, and I won't like get to the next four bars until like six a.m. Wow! Just because like I won't I won't force it out. You know, like I'll. I'll listen to it. I'll play it back. I'll try to like you know a, a few different things. I'll take a nap, you know. And I, <laughs> yeah, and then I like get up and then like, maybe like five a.m. I'm like, oh, I got it. And all because it's just like when you don't have like that block schedule of the studio time where it's like I gotta be out of here by whatever o'clock. It's like, bro, just take your time, think, rest, um, get on the internet, like do whatever you gotta do to make sure the next lines are perfect lines and not just like I can rap. So let me just put some lines down on paper. Mm-hmm. Like every line that I put out has to be like. It has to be, you know, better than the next or just, you know, comparable to the next. Right. Speaking of lines, like one of the most meaningful lines that I found on the albums, you talk about an episode where you had like a gun to your face at 16 years mm-hmm. old. Or? Yeah, this was in my old neighborhood, Quail Ridge on South Harrison. And um, random night had nothing to do with me. Like, I didn't know who it was. I was just like walking down the street late at night, going to uh, going to the crib. And usually in like neighborhoods like that and during that time, like if somebody drives past you and they, and they hit the brake lights, mm-hmm. then you already know like the night's about to get like ridiculous for no reason. So I see the brake lights, I'm like, oh shit. And uh, they hop out, gun to my face, and I'm just like, in my head, like during that time, I'm literally thinking like, I haven't even had a kid yet, bro. <laughs> like, wow. And to be that young and to think something you know that old is, is kind of, yeah. it's kind of weird to think, but that's all I could think about in that moment. It's just like, I, I'm not done, you know, like I, I got a lot of stuff to do. So, uh yeah smack the gun down take off running down the street there's like a you smack the gun yeah, down. Yeah. so it's like it's a tall fence to my right so i can't hop it so i have to run straight and mm-hmm. then i look back and i see him like with the gun again holding it just like pointing it at my back i'm like please 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 and as soon as i get to where the fence breaks i just cut right boom my house was like right across the street go in the house say what's up to my mom lay on the couch go to sleep don't say nothing wow and she had no idea what happened you also talk about surviving car accidents too, right? Yep, and I was never driving, <laughs> never the driver. So I don't even know how to drive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the worst one was just coming from um, a Denzel Curry show in Florida. This was before everything. Denzel Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. I had went to go see Curry uh, somewhere in Florida, and on the way back we were deciding like, are we gonna drive back or stay tonight? Because mm. we didn't have like a hotel, um, so we decided to drive back, and a person at the wheel fell asleep. I wake up, we hit the median, and then I see him like yank the wheel. And from there, you know, if you like yank the wheels, right. you about to spin, you about to flip. So just held on, spun, flipped, landed in a ditch. Everybody miraculously was okay. Wow. Um, you know, we crawled up out of there. And to this day, like those are moments where, you know, it's a lot going on, but I still think about like just the, the bigger picture, which is, it's just not over yet, mm. you know? Right. Man. <laughs> 
six is going in. You said your mom didn't know about that gun incident. I mean, obviously she heard the album. Like, yeah. What did she respond to it after? Um, I mean, she found out a lot of stuff after the fact. I just never wanted to bother her like with what whatever was going on in the street. Like, right. You never want to bring that stuff to your crib, you know. As a young man, as a kid, it's just like I can handle it on my own, or I just don't want to stress you out. You know? mm, so yeah. I went through a lot of stuff, and you know, was in a lot of different situations that she didn't know anything about mm. until later, where people are just like, "Oh yeah, you ain't know when blah 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 happened, or yeah. he was over there with blah blah blah," and, and that happened like until uh, one of the homies got killed in the neighborhood. Like she had no idea that anything like that was even going on, mm. Like, mm. and that was because like that night was just a night where everybody came out the house like police were there everybody's mom was outside and that was that was when she was like okay cool like we gotta move we gotta get out of here wow somewhere between humble mm. and hell no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why are you yeah. why are you that way like i thought that was a pretty poignant line mm. on nonchalant um just because i do like to i'm just big on leading by example which is you know with my fans with my friends like with everybody it's like i i want to always give them the idea that you know I do feel like I'm talented, but mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And every day I wake up, I'm working to get better. So mm -hmm. staying in a humble space, staying in a grounded space, you know, makes, it keeps me like, you know, certain of, of what I need to be working on versus feeling like I already figured it out. And then, you know, sometimes you have flashes where it's like, you need to pat yourself on the back. Like mm -hmm. you need to, to look at everything that you've done and, yeah. and realize that it's not something that everybody can do. Also, the biggest thing about you is that you've made it very clear, you know, you've had bad experiences in this industry, to put it mildly, and like, <laughs> you know, you wanted to do it and succeed on your own terms. Yeah. And you've done it that yeah. way. Um, yeah, I had to go through like a couple bad deals. I had to go through, uh, I mean, a lot of it has been, you know, become more public lately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, in that story and in all of those stories, like, it was never, t you know, told to to ask for sympathy or to, to like, share some kind of sob story. It was yeah. to let people know, and other artists coming up, you know, like, you need to look at the paperwork, you know, yeah. before you sign it. And, Absolutely. And you need to get a lawyer. And if you do end up in a bad situation, you don't need to be discouraged because it's bad. Like, you can figure it out. You can figure a way out. If I know somebody to tell you, like, yo, look out for him, I'm going to tell you, like, yo, look out for them. Like, don't go over there. So yeah. that's my job. So yeah. I thought it was interesting you tweeted that it took you, like, eight years to make real money in this game. And you yeah. would do it all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, like, going out to eat and people being like, you hungry? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Stomach growling. just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or like ordering an appetizer and then waiting for somebody else to pick up the check. And it's like, <laughs> I had so many weird moments like that to the point where I was like, bro, this better be worth it. Like everything yeah. that you're going through, like it better be worth the embarrassment. It better be worth like all these pride shots that you're taking because, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's just like a weird space to be in, especially like once I left and I got signed for the first time mm -hmm. and everybody back home thought like he made it. Mm. So then you have to go back home and like, not pretend, but it's just like still keep them inspired. It's like, you know, I don't want y'all to know what I'm going through. So I'm just going to tell you the good side. And yeah, <laughs> whatever <no>. she said. <laughs> <laughs> she got the card to that. What's it like now having to manage money and having money and like mm -hmm. being successful in terms of finances and stuff like that? What have you learned in that process? Business managers are the key to life. Uh, they make sure I don't go broke. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's just cool to have like people who know exactly what they're doing and what they're talking about. And any question I could possibly ever want to know, mm -hmm. uh, money related, music business related, like I ask, no matter how stupid it may sound, like I have to know because at the end of the day, I want to know the business side of it too. Mm -hmm. Like I want to know where all my money's mm -hmm. going, who I'm, you know, breaking it down with, how much I got to pay for taxes, how much I'm getting back. Like I need to know all of this mm -hmm. stuff. So my business managers are my best friends. Right. Yeah. But you say you, you know you're not where you want to be. Where do you want to be? It seems like you made it already, man. Yeah. Grammy nominated. Yeah. You got to win that Grammy. That's what we're about <laughs> to do. We're about to get an R&B album of the yeah, year. That's what we're about to do. Yeah. yeah, nominated is part one. But um, I honestly just want to make as much music as I can make. Mm -hmm. I want to take it as far as I can take it. So I know that that comes with a lot more work, a lot more uh, consideration of of what the Sonics need to be for it to break, you know, like a new crowd, a new, uh, just like, just to bring more people in. Mm. And then honestly i want to be able to like after all of that is done like i want to be able to tour with like loyal fans and, and mm -hmm. not really worry about uh a release date or a deadline or anything like that i just want to get to a point where i can feel like i've placed my you know my feet in the ground mm -hmm. and my fans are here to stay or like some of them go it doesn't really matter i just want to be comfortable i want to make what i want to make and i want to make sure she's good mm -hmm. 
And once that's like all set, I'm good. Royce the five nine called you a gift to the culture. That's what I'm about to say. Yeah, that's that can that's that's amazing. The coming from him, that's amazing. Yeah. And you sound like Royce. a Billy Goat. Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was on too. a podcast. That was, that was right? equally yeah. amazing. That was equally amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. So you're not going to battle him. You ain't got a boss for oh, him. Oh, no, 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 Never that. <laughs> but uh-huh. you're going on a world tour, too, in a couple, next month, right? I start next, really, like next week. Oh, wow. Okay. I go to uh, South Africa, and I start there, then Australia, and then Europe, and then the States. Mm. Break down the artists you chose, because it's kind of a very, let's yeah, say, it's kind of us, group. select dates for select places. Mm. But um, we have They in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, Boogie in Australia. And then I have yeah, Tierra Whack on like select dates, mainly like the lit dates in yeah. the States. And then I have Summer Walker supporting the whole way through. And then I'm thinking about bringing one more person mm-hmm. on um, just like for the States, just as a surprise. Right. Yeah. Why, why Tierra Whack is on the tour when she's also on the album? Like, what is yeah. it about her that you like so much? Um, I mean, she's just innovative. Like, I like, I like that she does what comes natural and I can like see that and I can hear it. Like, yeah. when I first heard her project like with every minute that passed with every song that came on I with every like, minute i was like yeah <laughs> i was like sick, you didn't know yeah you didn't know where it was going next <laughs> but you were excited you know to, to hear it and to see it like tiara's amazing yeah, she's like, dope everywhere i've been i've been saying like when they asked me what i listened to i'm like tiara whack tiara whack yeah. to the point where i was somewhere and uh somebody like pulled me to the side and they like yo uh, did the label tell you to talk about Tierra? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I just, I just love Tierra. Right. <laughs> no, I see you guys interact on social, so yeah, you guys yeah, have yeah. a good, good rapport. Good yeah, no, nah, they, they thought it was like a, a label thing where it's just like, <laughs> make, make, sure you, make sure you plug Tierra. <laughs> yeah. no, no, she signed rock. to your production company? Yeah, I just rock with it, that's all. Another uh, female artist that you uh, rocked with last year, uh, Dreezy, mm-hmm. on the Spa verse, man. Yeah. That was Yeah, was I'm about to tell you, that, that was a crazy verse for her, too, like. I did my thing. I set it up. Yeah. But obviously she like yeah, she, she shined on that. And that was that was a perfect. You know. She, yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she killed, killed you. She killed. I mean, she of course she killed. Me. But you know, in my defense, that song wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the boys. So, okay. Yeah. You know, that was my producer. Trump in. That was that was my producer. You know, that was that was my situation. The and, whole marketing plan was you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dreezy, yeah, like I said, it, it was just like it was it was more fit for her to take the stage and like showcase what she could do. You know? Yeah. yeah. Trump didn't send those people at you, did he? Nah, man. Okay. You know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as wrestling with it, you said let her, let her Go was the last song. Was that the last song you did for the album? Yeah, they told me, like, no more records. Don't cut no more records. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm itching because I'm like, something's missing, bro. Like, especially that's what I'm saying. Since, it seems so intricate. To yeah. The, especially with the sequencing. It was, did you know that that's what you were missing or just yeah, kind of when mean, you cut it? Yeah, I mean, I knew it? for a fact because, like, we, we know this is, like, a slower-paced, you know, album. So I'm like, something upbeat is missing, bro. So mm. I'm not, like gonna stop recording records until we figure out what that last one is and business boy sent me that beat last minute we were like mixing and i was like i'm making a new song tonight i don't care what they say <laughs> and i made that song and it was immediately like thrown on the list of songs to go on album i was kind of upset that uh that far I didn't make the album i know you put it as a lucy last year but that was like my go-to record of like for the latter part of 2017 yeah that far and cutting ties honestly those are like two songs that could have made the album mm. um Especially you still like those songs. I love those songs. <laughs> yeah. song is, it's a good song. Like he dropped cutting ties on Valentine's Day. That's savagery, man. But, <laughs> but if you have like a troll on Twitter or like social media bothering you, I recommend everyone to go listen to that far. Oh, it yeah, makes you feel better, right? That inspired that far. Yeah, that's what that far was. It was like a random tweet. This guy was like, "Yeah, black is cool. He's just a little one track minded." And I was like. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got some nerve yeah, from yeah. your mama house and i didn't even feel no kind of way when I, I read it i was just like bro i'm literally recording right now so i'm just gonna throw this in the hook and we're gonna keep it rocking but it seems like as if you f- respond good to the negativity like it yeah because you. i see it all so i take what i hear and i see and i decide what stays like i can see anything it don't matter if it's good negative like i see it all because i like to see it all first of all i'm only seeing it because i want to see what my fans are saying mm-hmm. yeah. so if i happen to run into somebody else it's just like you know, take it with a grain of salt, keep it moving, uh, make a hit song, <laughs> and tour Australia because if I didn't make that song, I probably wouldn't have toured Australia that quick. Like, That Far was my second biggest song in Australia after Problems, mm. and mm-hmm. yeah, so shout out to him. Wow. So it's important that you stay connected to follow these social things, like it doesn't drive you crazy, like some artists can't handle all that. Yeah, I mean. The negative and the positive that comes with it. but um yeah yeah and i know like i can definitely understand why it is so hard to handle like imagine seeing like that many opinions and that many like you know critiques and in real time yeah 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 yeah. like it can literally drive you crazy and i think people forget that we are human so Mm -hmm. 
um i can handle it i see it you know i've seen everything from the best things to the worst things at the end of the day like i know what i'm supposed to be doing i know what my purpose is i know i'm making her proud so Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to have that tough skin yeah but um I didn't get it from the internet. No, I got it from the neighborhood. So mm. it's like you see. So East Atlanta yeah, is like, a tough yeah, place too, right? Like, I would assume. It's like say what you want, you know, do what you want, but at the Whoa, watch out. Uh oh. What's up with you? <laughs> Are you sleepy? <laughs> but for people that don't know, can you break down the whole thing of the black and the six and the six lack? We have fun with that. Like, can you break down for people that don't know the origin um, of the whole situation? Yep. The name came from just the area, Zone Six. Uh, the color was just the color I was decked out in when I was a kid. I got the name when I was in middle school, and I just rocked with it for the rest of eternity. Six, and now it's representative of this just this baby <laughs> that that won't stop moving and doesn't. Know <laughs> she don't know what she want to do. Oh, you want the card? Oh, she want the the plastic. She lost her card. <laughs> just hold on to it. But then sometimes people, friends, you still call they call you six as a nickname, and you're okay with that yeah, too. Yeah, I mean that's because they they actually know. So it's like clearly you can call me six if you know. Uh, I mean, and at this point, I'm over like all the. I don't. I never really cared about the mispronunciation, yeah. <laughs> especially since my merch. It's created does, great merch, yeah. right? It does exceptionally well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you sued H and M yet? <laughs> nope. <laughs> No, but uh, you saw H&M, H&M? I noticed. They, they swagger jacked them. Really? Man, but at least it, it ended up in Urban. Oh, okay. Um, and then I might end up making merch for the people who just really don't want to say it right. It's like, cool, if you don't want to say it right, bro, I got a shirt for you. <laughs> you can buy it. We can have a divided but united fan base. Like, I, they don't, <laughs> it don't matter. So the check's still the same, right? Same. <laughs> as long as they spell the name right on the check, that's all that really matters. Why do you think it's so, like, it seemed like when we first interviewed you, you had long hair, we couldn't mm-hmm. film you on camera, you know, now it's, like, almost the complete opposite. Like, why do you feel more comfortable putting yourself out there and sharing more? Um, I just had to hit reset, honestly. Like, I had a point where I noticed I was performing. Six. <laughs> I had a point where I was performing, and I just noticed, like, I was performing with my head down. I was meeting people with my head down. Hmm. I was, like, I just, I, I felt like I became pre-black. And that was like a thing I was trying to move past. So, yeah. Just had to hit reset, start over from scratch, and I feel way better. Mm. Yeah. Was it dramatic cutting your hair? Like, what was that process like for you? Six. You put it in the video, on the Switch video. Oh, was it in the Switch video? Yeah, you had little clips of it. I didn't go anywhere for a week after I cut my hair. <laughs> oh, really? I was, <laughs> I was traumatized. <laughs> How long you were growing it for? Uh, like, maybe like a little over two years. Oh, okay. Man. So you had some like a barber come through and do it, or you did it, or? Oh uh, yeah, I had first. I started to hold on, cause she about to get in trouble on the podcast. <laughs> get in trouble on the podcast. Six. She is our youngest guest. She might be. Yeah. Wreck it. There you go. You sleepy. <laughs> yeah, cause you keep dropping the same card. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Rap radars for the kids. Um, <laughs> but for, I, I, I bet y'all ain't had an episode like this. <laughs> Well, we like had it. childish uh, guests before, so it's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I forgot where we're at. We're talking about... Uh, oh, what are we talking about? <laughs> babies will do that, bro. They'll make oh, you no, forget. cut your hair. You have oh, the yeah, person yeah, come yeah. by. Yeah, I, I tried to, like, save. Um, so I never had anybody touch my dress at all. Okay. So it was free form, like, without even, like, starting a certain kind of way. So once the, the loctician is, like, at, looked at my head, she was like... All of this got to go. Well, most of it has to go. <laughs> so when I saw what was left, I was like, I'm not keeping no man bun on my head. I'm not, like, <laughs> we're not about, yeah, I'm like, we're not about to silence any kind of way. It got it just all got to go. I cut it. Uh, my guy out in L.A. cut it. And it just took me a while to accept what was going on. So yeah. I was in a crib like, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't talking to nobody. And I need to, like, figure out how to, how to be comfortable with this. It's like when, the, the, when Iverson was at the All-Star game and all yeah. the Houston guys, he came out the locker room and it was all like, oh, man, you cut the braids. Was so it, do you remember when you first went out? Like, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, um, people were looking at me to try to figure out who I was <laughs> again. So <laughs> people would see me and they would be like, damn, I think that's black, but it can't be black. And it was cool for me to be able to, like, have that space again to where it took people a minute to, to recognize my face. Yeah. Mm. Did it uh, affect your recording process a little bit? Um, maybe not so much okay. the re- on the recording end. Maybe not so much on the recording end. Just performance, especially. Like, right. The minute I came out on stage in L.A. Oh, that was your first time back on stage? 
Oh, yeah, I came out on stage in LA, okay. and like I was just moving differently. Like I was running on stage, and, <laughs> and before then I was never running on stage. I wanted to. I just felt like I was held back. All right, that's dope. Oh. I saw that cool stage moment. Was it last year when he got the gold plaque and your mom was there and your oh, whole yeah, crew yeah. was there? Yeah, that was in. When I got the, which, which gold plaque? Oh, I, was I think it might be. Which gold plaque? Well, we double platinum with problems, right? We platinum with uh, X calling. And the album is platinum too? Yeah, yeah double platinum with problems. Uh, album is probably almost platinum. Yeah. And X calling is platinum. And free is, free is gold? Yeah. Oh, man, you come a long way. I remember you tweeted, you said, needs to tell you. Oh, take five? Okay. No, you can you keep going. Okay, cool. He said things used to tell you how to make a hit every day, and now you know all you did was engineer by yourself in the kitchen and drop dope stuff on your SoundCloud. <laughs> so that's a recipe for success. Yeah, recipe success, uh, for success is also trying to keep this one happy. <laughs> um, you all right? Don't be sad. It's all right. This is your debut, and this is what you're gonna do. <laughs> this is what you're gonna do. You sleepy? I know. She's tired. Rap Radar Kids. We got to have a, a a baby podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. You tackle head on about, you know, what has this process been like, fatherhood for you, like, um, and sharing some of it with us? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't get to see her, like, that much at all. So with touring, with recording, um... And then with like trying to figure out like the relationship between me and her mom, it's just been like, mm. it's been like a process, you know? So yeah, nothing yeah. nothing in it has been like seamless, but I don't know, it's just like I, I get to work, I get to do what I love. And it's never been like solely about making sure she's good financially, but it's been more so about like leaving a legacy and yeah. like leaving something behind for her to figure out like what her purpose is one day. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's almost like that's the, it's like, it's, you always talk about a lot of it in the music outside of her, also like relationships that it's hard for you to put anything less than your work before that, right? That's a common thing that you tackle. Yeah, so going back to the, the main theme of the record, you talked about like opening up a conversation about love, like what, and you've empowered a lot of your fans to share their thoughts about a lot of things. Like what's that process been like, like putting it out there and then yeah. getting all this feedback back? Um, I think what people don't really know is like while I'm telling these stories, while I'm writing these stories, like... In addition to coaching other people through it, I'm trying to coach myself through it, like mm -hmm. in, in real time. So, a problem that I developed, you know, within my relationships and the people I know is like I would write about it before I would talk about it, and mm -hmm. I would think because I wrote about it that I didn't have to talk about it. And then next thing you know, you're in a room with somebody and they hear something in your song and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> so, no, it was a habit I had developed, and I had to figure out, you know, how to break it and how to actually communicate more. So. This album was about communication, not only for, you know, other people to open up discussion, but just like a reminder in my everyday life is like, bro, like, you have to talk about things. Like, yeah. you have to not beat around the bush. You have to, like, not leave, you know, things to people's imagination. Like, you have to say exactly what you mean because one day your daughter's going to have questions and you're going to have to answer her and not be like, you know, I don't know. Or, you know, so. This is just a different thing of, like, having a female voice. It just shows that sometimes men and women communicate differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said, it was just, like, about having that different perspective, you know, on the album in general, like with the skits. And I wish that I could have had like uh, that, that, that strong female feature or, mm -hmm. or verse, you know, that, that was the only thing that I felt like was missing mm -hmm. from the album. But um, through the skits and through, you know, other things, background vocals, we got to like just implement that because I don't think I can ever make a project without some kind of female, you know, like presence on it. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of the album, we had this tearjerker stand. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, what was the thought process behind that? You just wanted to make a wedding record? Yeah, uh, I heard the the production. It was a completely different song at first. Um, it went, like, super left. But I was just like, take everything off. Like, let me, let me figure out the song. Let me figure out the vocals, the words, all of that. And line for line, it was just like a stream of what I thought, like, love was supposed to feel like, what it was supposed to sound like, things I wanted to say to the person I love. And... You know, hopefully a song that people can get like married to one day mm -hmm. or like whatever. So, Stan was was definitely more uh, on the the soft side, on the sweet <laughs> side of things. And for it to be at the end of the album was kind of letting people know, like at the end of all these conversations, at the end of 
these ups and downs and like these disagreements and disconnects like this is what we should all be trying to get to you know is to feel like this you know to to be in a state where this song is is your favorite song or this song is the one that represents like the conclusion of it all so mm. stan was placed at the end to just kind of show like where i'm headed towards and you know where i want everybody else to head towards mm. is that uh is that one of your favorites on the album? Like, would you have a favorite? Yeah, I think all of them are my favorites. Because <laughs> if it wasn't my favorite, it didn't make the album. That's for sure. Like, yeah. we had a ton of songs. And oh wow! Every time I narrowed down the list, like I had to con- like keep narrowing down the list. So we narrowed it down to like forty, and then we narrowed it down to like twenty-five. Wow! And then we narrowed it down to like twenty. And once I got to twenty, I was like, we cannot have any more than twenty. So if I make a new song. Who's it taking out? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, if I make a new song, something has to be replaced. Like, if something else is getting added to the list, then what, what's going to go? So we were, were, like, alternating around 20. And then once we figured out, like, the strongest of those, we were like, okay, now we can, like, figure out the project and, like, being put it a, together. Being, I'm sorry. Being mm-hmm. such a craftsman of words, is there any particular lyrics that really stand out to you that you're very proud of? Mm. All of the lyrics on Nonchalant. Mm. Uh just from a, a skill point, you know, just like being able to weave in and out of like a beat that's looping and it doesn't really like change, but to to just show out different flows, different metaphors. Uh, every line on Nonchalant is my favorite. And Sorry might be like one of the more personal ones and every line in that like means something like, just means something super potent to me. Yeah. Um, sorry and Disconnect really, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry just being like, that song where I know in my life, like sometimes sorry just isn't enough. Mm. So, um, and and I'll talk about like writing my wrongs and like all these things. So, yeah, just like me telling myself again, like bro, you can't write yourself out of these situations. You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to figure it out in person. It seems like you said that like a little bit on un- unfair on the beginning track. Like yeah. you feel like your mistakes make you less than the man, but mm-hmm. lately feel like them shits really can. Yeah, yeah. Like what made you come to that conclusion? Um, just like. Just like that, that feeling of of knowing that you can't do everything right, knowing that you're not always going to do everything right, mm. and I guess accepting that it's okay to not be right sometimes. It's just like, of course, I, I, I'm apologetic for, for my wrongs and for the things that I didn't have figured out when I needed to figure them out, mm. but I'm also human, you know, and I'm also, like, trying to figure it out, and anybody who can look at you and tell you, like, they got it figured out right. is lying, <laughs> you know, because we're all just kind of in this shit, just, yeah. you know, kind of just figuring it out day by day. It's like... Sometimes you're on course, sometimes you get off course, sometimes you're focused, sometimes something distracts you. Like, But I just have to accept that like being human you know, doesn't mean I'm a bad person. And knowing that I want to get better is like the first step in all of it. Right. You definitely have this maturity on this album. Like Even on that record, uh, I think it was, uh, I forget which record it was, but you say you even have this attitude of a veteran, hmm. like, even though you're like a rookie in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because like my, my, my introduction to the world was after maybe 10 years of rapping and even though i was a kid it was literally like 10 years of of sharpening my sword 10 years of practicing 10 years of writing so um by the time everybody else saw me i felt like in, in my own sense and in my own way i'm like i'm not I'm, I'm new to the game but i'm not new to this right yeah i know you showed our love to doug right. on on the album yeah i heard a rumor you might be yeah. on his next album yeah yeah definitely on his next album <laughs> definitely Defe- definitely on his next album uh we got like a few together dope to work with doug uh, he kind of runs like, like if you ever see him in the studio, he's like a point guard. Mm-hmm. And he'll like start the idea, lay the melody, lay a first verse, and then like point at somebody and be like, you go right here. And then you you guys go back and forth. And oh, then like real? you try this. Like mm-hmm. he's literally in there calling plays and yeah. just like breeding, just like the best out of everybody. So but he's mad at you though because the joint's too small. He don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mad too. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Like, he was like, that's it. <laughs> when I uh, got finished playing, he was like, that's it. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I mean, he yeah. wants to be called Doug in full song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he walked out, and um, somebody was saying that he um, wa- he wanted me to send it, and he was like, man, it's too short, man. He needs yeah. to send me that. But at that point, I'm like, no, I got to wrap this album up. <laughs> we yeah. mentioned J.I.D., and Dre, but you seem still very sele- – I'm sure the phone gets rang mm-hmm. a lot, but you're very selective of who you work with like, yeah. in terms of – everyone can't get a black feature like that. Yeah, no, no, I mean – it's never been about you know like the check or or anything else for me. It's like I meet you if I if if it if it works out as far as like how we interact, then maybe we work. But even before then, like coming up as an artist, I was never on the the side of like how much for a feature. Let me get a feature. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to connect with people first. You have to build a relationship, and if you know 
things match up, then you work. You know, you don't you don't kind of put that out there first. You don't really know like who somebody is. So how mm-hmm. can you know if you want to work with them if you don't know who they are? I thought you and uh, Erica Badu were gonna get in the studio after you did the cover of On and On. I, I hope so. So I love Erica. <laughs> I love Erica. Everybody loves Erica. Right. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully one one of these days. Yeah. That's like another you know a goal. Another goal. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw you cross one of them off with uh, The weekend. Y'all guys went on tour yep. last year. What was that experience like? I learned everything I needed to learn from my own tour. Like, I went on that arena tour, and going from, like, 200 cap to arena is a crazy change. So, I remember, not to cut you, I remember your first New York City show. Yeah. It was at the Mercury Lounge. Yeah. It was like a closet. Mm-hmm. And now you're... Yep. And that's why I say, like, going from... Like, being thrown into that is, like, you immediately have to figure out how to be the best showman. It's either that or people leave saying, I saw Black and he wasn't that good live. Mm. And it's not even because, like, for any artist, it's not even because you're not that good live. You just might not be good in the arena because the arena is not easy. So I went out there every night and I figured it out. You know, I was I was watching him. I was watching the crowd. I was just figuring out. I'm like, okay, what can I add to my game from stage presence to crowd control to... Uh, call and response like all these things that I didn't know before like when I was at Mercury Lounge mm. I learned on that tour mm. because you would come out and 70% of the crowd is not there for you so mm. they're looking yeah, like yeah they're yeah. looking like who is this and you have to prove to them like I'm supposed to be here in a way so I would go out there every night I would look at them and I would just be like I'm supposed to be here and that's you know how I would carry myself the whole time I'm performing it's like when I say hands up hands go up and if you don't put your hands up, then you look silly because everybody else. Is <laughs> so that that was, as those like the challenges when you are performing on a big arena stage like that, because you know as a fan it just looks like okay you go on stage do your thing and you will get chewed up and spit up. And I think I think <laughs> I think that's where like a lot of new artists like kind of get that rap in the beginning for not being good performers. I mean mm. some people aren't good performers, but you know being in an arena is just a different ball game like i said it's just like you have to you have to know and learn and like do certain things in order to get the crowd on your side because mm-hmm. otherwise they're going to have this perception of just like he's just not good and everything from the audio is different like mm-hmm. just stepping out there and like actually doing what you do vocally is more challenging because of the sound in the arena and like mm-hmm. you think you can take your in-ears out when you're on a small on a small stage you take your in-ears out in an arena you're not going to hear shit like mm-hmm. yeah. it's there's going to be echoing everywhere echoes, so yeah, yeah like you it can't it's confusing it's, probably there's no way that you can do that. <laughs> no way so um yeah you you go on an arena tour and you'll definitely learn all the tricks you need to learn to take back on your own i know tour. you're excited with this tour you got coming up in terms of a lot of new material now and you yeah. said you want the fans to sing their heart out yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i can't wait to like mix the the, uh, the shows because i've been torn off of free black for two years wow. so i just can't wait to like put in some of these new songs and like figure out the balance figure out you know how the story is going to be on stage figure out a new way to present it you know on stage because you know, as much as we care about rollouts is as much as we care about you know the tour and the show so for the people who have seen the free black show maybe like twice or three times you know in certain cities it's just like what can i do differently and you know what can i do so that they leave and they're like it was equally as amazing as you know the first time i saw them or better All right how do you how do you uh, settle these debates between you know East Atlanta Love Letter and Free Black? It seems like are we getting into it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's dope to even like see the conversation of people trying to figure it out because it could have been it ain't Free Black and that's just it is what it is. Like yeah. I still love the first album. It could have been that. So people you know flocking to this album and like defending Free Black like that's a great conversation to have. Like I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think that this new album is an extension of the album yeah. and that they're related in some kind of way. So comparing them is, it makes sense. Yeah, I even think, um, I think your buddy Joe Budden said that he wouldn't like the second album. Yeah. It was first. Like it had to be that type of yeah, journey. Yeah, it had though. to be, you know, it had to, yeah. they had to connect and this one had to be the next one. So I don't know what's next, but I think that these two albums were like chapters that belong together. And what's next is completely different. Hmm. So what's gonna happen to those records that you know you recorded? Are you so gonna mix it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, some, <laughs> we could put out, we could put out a mixtape, we could put out an EP, we could ship them off. You know, get some writing credits. Um, none of them are ever really dead. I'm always kind of just like moving songs around, trying mm-hmm. to figure out if people need something. You know, maybe I can help. Um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, like I make a ton of songs. None of them are just like lost causes. You okay. Know? Like we we revisit stuff all the time. Like the second verse from Switch came from a song I made in like 20 maybe like 2013 or like 2014 mm. 
No, yeah, 2014. I like the approach that you have for the Switch video. Like, you're laying on the ground and people just, instead of helping yeah. you, just taking pictures and things like that. You disabled my phone for four minutes. But yeah, that was just kind of uh, switch was about perspective. You know, mm -hmm. like switch was about not feeling like you have the answers or the solutions to s what somebody else is going through, and just being mindful that you know, like you might be going through something, but somebody else is going through something, and don't ever think you know that you can just be like, well, you could have just did this, or you could have just handled it that way. Like, and switch, I'm trying my best to to understand the other side of the story and tell my side, you know, without being biased, without being selfish. Right. Sacrifices are real. You lose money, friends, moments, mm -hmm. and you push your body and its health yeah, that's to what I'm new limits. With. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Right. I was out of it for two weeks, like on vocal rest. I couldn't talk. My chords were like inflamed, all kinds of Damn. Things. That's from touring so much. And then on the flight back from New York, um, something happened. I got like an infection. I woke up from a nap feeling like somebody had like coughed right on me or something. <laughs> like I just, it mm. wasn't mine. Because I went to sleep a certain kind of way and I woke up different. So I'm like, yo, what happened while I was asleep, bro? <laughs> I just felt like glass. I'm mm. like, um, but yeah, I was on vocal rest. I had like a new diet. I couldn't eat, drink, do anything that I normally do. Mm. Um, so trying to fix that and get ready for tour now. Right. No new vices, nothing like that? Never, no. Okay. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good. Yeah, I got, I got a pretty good gauge on what the game is. Right. Um, I smoke when I want to smoke. Okay. I drink when I want to drink. I'm not a smoker or a drink. I never learn how to roll, and mm. I never will learn how to roll because, like, I just don't. I don't want to have. Yeah, down. yeah. Like, I don't want to have that luxury. Like, yeah, I enjoy you know smoking here and there, but I don't want to be like where the weed at. You know. Like, right. So yeah, don't know how to roll. Never gonna learn. Um, I drink whenever I want to drink, which is you know on occasion. And knew that was coming. <laughs> other like than it's that, time to go. <laughs> other than that, nope, nothing new. But you did get the new whip last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just X6. A little X6. It's a dad, dad, dad <laughs> truck. That's all. <laughs> Was it a dad truck? Yeah, I can't be out here getting uh, buying all that other stuff. It got to have, like, a back seat so I can put a car seat in it. Right. Even though I did put the car seat in the I-8. But now it's crazy. It's like, two, like you said, two summers ago, you didn't have no money for the bus. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's what I mean by, like, one side of the spectrum to the other. And that's why, like, when I do go back to Atlanta, I'm still, like, in the neighborhood and still moving around because mm. I'm, like, you guys saw me at the bus stop. Like, y'all saw me, you know, walking, sweating, like, down the street, yeah. you know. So I still try to keep my feet in where I can. So it's like the neighborhood's really rallying behind you. They're rooting for you. Yeah, and being back there uh, yesterday, mm. what I got to see after the album drop is just, like, y'all are actually proud, you know. like, mm. And that makes me, you know, feel really good because it's not just, like, here's a musician that we love. It's just, like, here's somebody that we're proud of. And they right. just kept saying, like, we're proud and, you know, you inspire us. That's awesome. Well, congrats, man, on the album, man. Six, Thank we out of here. Thankfully for Thanks, you. Thanks, Six. <laughs> you, made it to the end. you made it to the end. Album of the year. You ready? R&B album of the year. That's what people are saying. That's what it needs to be. You got the <laughs> Grammy say, speech ready? If I could try, if I could not try and end up at the Grammys, I need to be at the Grammys this year. I must. Speaking of the Grammys, before we get out of here, I must admit that blazer that you had was very fly. The who? The blazer that you wore at the Grammys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was that so was, hot. I yeah. was trying to Google it. I yeah. couldn't find. it. <laughs> I forgot what exactly it was. You know, I had to know for that day because everybody's like, "What are you wearing? What are you wearing?" But right. I forgot now. But you prepared. Yeah. You yeah. got the Grammy speech ready, but. Yeah, hopefully I ain't got to bring her on stage so she could be crying like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all all right. right, Six. Well, thank you, Black. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, thank Black. Appreciate Congrats it. on that album, man. Absolutely. Thank yeah, Rap Radar Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.